following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good evening, Christian Life Austin. What a joy to come to you on this Wednesday night. It's an honor every time I step behind the lectern to talk to the most awesome people in all the planet. And we are thrilled to come to you on this Wednesday night. Now, we've been We've been kind of getting in shape with this. We, uh, we understand what's happening here. This pandemic's going on and we're hearing all kinds of things of how long it will last and when it will end. But we also know we serve a God that has all of that in His hand. He has it all in His hand. And when He speaks and He says, it's enough, it's enough. The Bible said He has the wind in His fist and the sea in the palm of His hand. And He says to the sea, stop, and the sea stops. It doesn't come on the land anymore. And so God knows how to say stop as well as He knows how to say go. And so we trust Him. We believe in Him. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, it's something that has kind of caught my fancy here. I want to talk tonight on the subject water walking. I want to speak on water walking tonight. But before I get into that, I want to tell you that Sunday is going to be an exciting day. We're, we're having Sunday school for the children Zero to four. I don't know why. Zero to four. Zero. Zero. Okay. That means newborn babes. We'll have newborn babes. We'll take care of them for you. Up to four years of age. And our Sunday school department, Amy's excited about this. And we're thrilled about you coming back to the house of God. And we're having wonderful services on Sunday. And you need to be a part of it if you can. If you trust the fact that we're taking care of you. We're taking temperatures at the door. We're wearing masks. We're, sep we're separating, we're giving distance between people, we're doing all we can, we're cleaning the chairs between every service, we're, uh, we're uh, absolutely going beyond normal to make sure that you're safe in the house of God. I will tell you this, probably the last place you'll ever catch COVID is in a sanctuary where God dwells. So I just believe that. So tonight I'm going to preach a little bit and then Sunday, it is Labor Day Sunday, we're in September believe it or not. I got news for you, December 14th, next door, we're going to do our best to have a building to worship in for Christmas. Our gift to Austin for this Christmas is a brand new church next door. Let me go to Matthew chapter 14. Thank you for joining in tonight. We love the fire out of you. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it's I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that they had to see sometimes the miraculous to say, Oh, he's proved it again. He's the Son of God. Tonight I want to talk to you, and I want you to see tonight, not just this as a great story of the disciples and Jesus, but as a picture of a powerful principle at work. I will call this powerful principle the principle of exception. I want to speak on that tonight. Exception. Exception is defined as a person or a thing that is excluded from the general statement and does not follow 
a specific or said rule. An exception is really an anomaly. It's a special case. It's a deviation. It's an irregularity. And the more I look at the principle of exception in this story, the more I see it played out in how God dealt with His people all through the Old Testament and all to the New. There was an underlying reality, and that is simply God intends His people to be exceptions. We're exceptions. We're not the rule. We're exceptions to the rule. Special cases, anomalies, words like salt and light and chosen and called out and special, set apart, anointed, peculiar. To describe His people as if to say these are not normal humans, not ordinary, but they are exceptional. I want you to know that we have been called to be exceptional. Now, I've said that word 14 times already, but I want it to get into your heart. We really need to embrace the principle of exception because God has called us to it. Well, what is the exception principle all about, Pastor? Glad you asked. Let me define it in a simple statement. Here it is. What happens with them does not dictate and determine what happens with me. Let me say it again. What happens with them does not dictate and determine what happens with me. That's all throughout your Bible. Once in particular is in Exodus chapter 8 when God came down and talked to Moses about talking to Pharaoh. God's people are enduring the heaviness of being slaves in Egypt. And God says to Moses to tell Pharaoh, plagues are coming. It's a hard, it's going to be a land, it's going to be a hard time. It's going to be epic fashion. In Exodus chapter 8, he said, tell him, I will make a distinction between my people and your people. Between God's people and Pharaoh's people. God said, it's going to be different for you than it is for them. Another example is just two chapters later, in Exodus 10, Moses stretched out his hands to the sky and total darkness covered all of Egypt for three days. Three days. And no one could see anyone else or move about for three days. Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Darkness was all over Egypt, with the exception of the places that Israel lived. Hear me, there was darkness in Egypt, but there was light in the land of Goshen. That's an amen statement right there. Amen. Listen, the principle of exception doesn't mean that we won't experience what others experience. But what exception suggests is that we will have a different outcome. Can I get a witness, somebody? So, may, so we may go through some of the same things, but we don't come out the same way because we can be and we are the exception. The exception is not living in denial of the circumstance or the events that's going on. It's not simply dismissing the social norm. But exception is a decision that I will not allow what is normal for others to define me, to imprison me, or keep me from being all that I can be. Would you say it with me in your homes right now? It's a decision that I will not allow what is normal for others to define me, imprison me, or keep me from being all that I can be. See, the Bible is filled we're surrounded with exceptions in the Word of God, and we need to declare, I want to be one of those people. We serve a God of exception, and He is an exceptional God. 
You know, 90-year-old women just don't have babies. They really don't. But God made an exception for Sarah one day. Water doesn't part and have ground under it. But God made an exception for Moses one day when he stretched the rod across the Red Sea. Walls don't just crumble because people lift up their voices and shout. But God made an exception one day for Joshua. And birds don't feed people. People feed birds. But God made an exception one day for Elijah. And if God can do it for Sarah, and if God can do it for Moses, and if God can do it for Joshua, and God can do it for Elijah, then why don't you believe that God can do it for you in your life? Say it, somebody. I am an exception. I am an exception. I know what normally happens, but this isn't normal. We've had some great people through the years in this church go home. We've had celebrations because they were exceptions. Two men just recently passed, Brother David, Brother Richard, passed from this life. And people who never complained and men who never wavered in God and never accused God, they were exceptions to the norm. And their words were simply for me to live as Christ, but for me to die as gain. And we celebrated and we promoted them. That's not normal. That's exceptional. And they were exception. So I just want to honor them. And I want to honor everybody that has this exceptional heart. Let's go to Matthew 14. We see two men that are walking on something that most men would have drowned in. One of them is Jesus, and the other is the Apostle Peter. Now get this. Jesus puts his disciples in a boat and sends them ahead of him. And he doesn't go with them. He will run into them later. He goes to the mountain to pray. If they go where he sends them, he will find them. God always meets you on the path of obedience. And he said, let's go to the other side. Jesus went alone to pray. The Bible said later that night, this is what not in the initial reading, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. In verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now they got into that boat in the evening and now it's close to dawn which means they've been rowing that boat for hours, hours. I don't know how long, but they had quite a head start on Jesus because he had been praying in the mountain. But before dawn, Jesus caught up with the boat. They were rowing all night. They had expended a lot of energy. They had wasted a lot of effort trying to get to that somewhere, that someplace, that place there that Jesus was walking to. They rode to that part of the sea where Jesus came to. Let me stop and just interject this. Don't tell me that prayer doesn't accomplish much. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. And sometimes Jesus puts you, as it were, in a boat and says, go. And you have a direction to go. And if you go in that direction of obedience... When you get in the storm, look out, Jesus is coming to intersect and intercept you in the middle of that. Prayer can get you further, faster than anything I know. There's nothing to move you to God faster than prayer. And someone on the boat spots Jesus walking on the water. Oh, I feel like preaching now. And they were terrified. That's really interesting to me. They were terrified of, they were not terrified of the storm. 
But when they saw somebody walking in the storm, they were terrified. The storm didn't bother them because they were fishermen. Someone they knew so well, spent a lot of time with, and they thought it was a spirit. See, the storm didn't scare them. Seeing Jesus did. <laughs> he comes walking on the water toward them, and they're afraid. It's simple yet a true point. Sometimes it is hard to see Jesus in a storm. It's hard. And you have to say amen to that in your house. In fact, sometimes God shows up in storms in ways that are a lot different than what I was expecting in my storm. Sometimes He'll show up looking like someone I didn't think He would look like. That's how He shows up sometimes in my storm. Sometimes He shows up looking like increase. And I can see that for sure. But sometimes in my storms He shows up looking like decrease. And I'm not sure who that is. Sometimes He shows up opening doors for me. And I recognize that as a good thing. But sometimes He shows up closing doors for me. And it's hard to recognize that kind of Jesus. But there were 12 in the boat that were Jesus' followers and disciples. But it was Peter, the one who said, Jesus, if that is you, bid me come to you. Don't miss this now. Don't miss this. Twelve were there, but only one asked to walk on the water to Jesus. It's the principle of exception at work. Peter was the anomaly. He was the deviation. He was the abnormality. It's on the screen. He refused to allow what happened to them to dictate and determine what could happen to him. I got to say that again. He refused to allow what happened to them to dictate and determine what could happen for him. Folks, if you look at people around you sometime and they spend a lot of times looking down, it may not happen to them like it's going to happen to you. But when you look up and when you believe up and when you think up and when you trust God up, things can come into your life that are absolutely abnormal. They're out of this world abnormal. He stepped out of that boat onto the water because he refused to be limited by what was holding the 11 back. He refused. I got a question for you. Here's a question of the night. Who is the 11 in your life? Who's the 11 in your life? Who are they? Who is it that you're looking at that's dictating what is possible for you and what is not possible for you? Is it your family history? Is that your 11? Is it your past failures? Is that your 11? Oh, I feel like preaching. Is it your age? Is that your 11? Is it someone's opinion of you? Is that your 11? Who or what are you looking at trying to determine if it's possible for you or not? Well, pastor, you know, people don't come back from the kind of mistakes that I've made in life. Oh, really? Peter is showing us a powerful point here that what happens with them does not determine what will happen with him. Mm. He was willing to step out of the boat. Let me ask you, what are you looking at to come up with what is possible for you? Who determines what's possible for you? And who tells you what you can't do? Who is the person that says yes and no in your life? I'm declaring to you, why don't you let it be the one that knows how to walk on water and can find you in your storm 
And when you recognize who He is and He says, come, why don't you just step out of whatever position you are in and say, I'm going to trust you in the storm of my life and not the leaven that's trying to hold me in the boat. Would you clap your hands? People that embrace the principle of exception don't deny the storm. They don't deny the obstacles. Oh, it may be harder for me based on my history. It may be harder for me based on my age or based on my mistakes. But most likely, it does not mean, you ready for this? Impossible. It doesn't mean impossible. I'm going to walk a little bit now. I'm going to walk, clap my hands a little bit. Everybody say, that word, that word does not need to be in our vocabulary. Impossible. Anything that is impossible with man is possible with God. And all things are possible to them that believe. We need to throw the impossible word out of our dictionary for this church and out of our lectionary for our lives. We need to say that I've got a God that can do the possible. There is nothing impossible with Him. I refuse to not step out of the boat because of what happened to someone else. I saw their failure, so I can't. Not that I'm better. Not that you're better. That's not the principle of exception. Not that I'm arrogant. I'm not. But it will be different. I am believing God has something supernatural for this church to yet accomplish before He comes. And for me to accomplish before He finishes my life. I'm not going to judge the eleven in the boat. But neither am I going to let how they live dictate my expectations. Somebody help me right now of my being the exception. Come on now. I'm not built for the boat. <laughs> I'm not built for the boat. Say, I'm not built for the boat. When Jesus is walking to me and bidding me to come to Him, I will not get stuck. I won't get stuck in the boat. If the boat suits you, I'm not judging you. You know, two and a half tribes after, after God had done so much for the Israelites in the wilderness, two and a half tribes decided they wouldn't come into the land of promise. And they never did. Two and a half of the twelve tribes did not come in. And many times preachers don't want to point that out. But there's a lot of people that are just happy with their life. And that's fine. If the boat suits you, I'm not judging you. But please don't try to block somebody who's trying to be the exception. Some of you need to declare tonight. You ready for this? I am a water walker. <laughs> I am a water walker. Say it. I am a water walker. I am a water walker. I was not born for the boat. Stop living your life based on what has happened to the eleven. You are not the eleven. This is a water walking church. You're a water walking member. So don't think this as a safe cruise ship for you just to settle in for less than God's best. No, no, no. You are a water walker. And you should feel a prophetic push when you come to church because you are a water walker. See, Peter was a fisherman by trade. And he spent a lot of time on the water. And I'm not far from finishing yet. I don't think he ever attempted to walk on the water until this moment. 
In fact, when Jesus, they recognized him on shore in John 21, Peter jumped into the water. Maybe he thought the Lord's going to do it again, let him walk to the shore. But he swam to the shore in John 21. Until this moment, he never tried it. What was it? Here's the answer. He saw Jesus walking on the sea. He saw Jesus. In other words, he was exposed to another way, a better way. He wanted it. He didn't know he wanted it, but once he was exposed to it, he was open to it. Mm. Some of you, God is exposing some things to you to inspire you. He's not just showing you what you can't have. He's trying to inspire you by exposing you to more, to motivate you to want more for this church and for your family. We should never be satisfied with status quo. We should never be satisfied with just as it is right now. We need to go like Peter after Jesus Christ. He saw him. He got an invitation. And Peter was watching. He desired to do it. But he didn't go until Jesus invited him. Here's what I want to tell you. In the storm of your life, Jesus is inviting all of us to the supernatural. He's inviting us to another level of living. He's inviting us to a victorious future. He's inviting us to a triumphant place. He's inviting us to step where we've never stepped before. Don't stay in the boat with those that'll hold you there. Walk where Jesus is. Go where he's at and be a part of what he's doing. Get to him. No, it wasn't bravery. Maybe it was obedience. He wasn't a thrill-seeking he wasn't trying, he was just trying to be obedient, and that obedience required him to be brave. And he stepped out of the boat and onto the water because there was something on the water calling to him. And the people in your boat may not hear it, but you are hearing it. Something's calling you and saying, Jesus wants more out of your life. The people that were with the company of Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9 heard a voice, but they couldn't distinguish the language. But Paul heard a voice and distinguished the language, and he recognized it was the Lord. See, it's interesting to me that the wind didn't die down and the storm didn't stop until they got back in the boat. Listen to this. I'm close. You would have thought that once Peter's foot hit the water, Jesus would have stopped the wind and the waves would have quieted, but that didn't happen. Maybe it's to show us that water walkers have to know how to walk also in the wind <laughs> when the wind is blowing a gale and just keep on walking. When the wind blows, you got to walk anyway. When they turn you down, you got to walk anyway. When they say you can't do it, you got to walk anyway. When they don't help, you got to walk anyway. When you have setbacks, you got to walk anyway. As if walking on the water wasn't enough, you also have to walk in the wind. See, the invitation from Jesus matters. But it's you that has to get out of the boat. By the way, is the boat that safe, really? It has an expiration date on that boat. And they were running out of time in that storm. I have to tell you, most of the big faith steps that God has asked me to take, I took because I was more scared not to do it than to do it. I can't live with what might have been. I cannot live with that. I must see what shall happen. I would rather risk sinking with Jesus than to stay stuck with the eleven.
And even if I get out there and lose a little of my way and don't understand what's happening, the one who called me is responsible for me. Peter didn't call out for James or John when he got in trouble and started sinking. He called for Jesus. And some of you have rode yourself silly to get where you are. But if you have rode in obedience, God will find you in the middle of your storm. He wants you to walk the rest of the way <laughs> with Him. With Him. Come on. You're the exception. You're not better than the rest. But you are just the exception of the rest. I'm going to close tonight. It's time. It's time to close. I've preached enough. Mine can might hold on to about 30 minutes in church, but when you're at home on your couch and you're eating Fritos and chili while I'm preaching and you're eating a sandwich and drinking a Dr. Pepper, it's not hard to lose your focus. But I want, I want, I want to declare something to you. I want to say something in closing. This is an exceptional church. It's an exceptional church. This church was not supposed to be here. But we, we're moving over there in four months to a 1,700-seat auditorium because God has made this church an exceptional church. And I refuse, I refuse to look around and see what others are doing. I refuse to let what they're saying out there in the world affect what I'm doing with the Christ in the storm in my life. I'm going to Him. I'm going to walk with Him. I've rode enough. I'm ready to walk a while and take His hand and let Him take me where He wants me to go. I love you. Let me say in closing, just before I pray for you tonight, let me say in closing, we appreciate your continued giving to the church. But please, if you have stopped giving because you're not coming, we need your help. We need your help. You know your pastor doesn't talk much about giving, but we need your help. We are building during this pandemic. We are moving this church forward during this pandemic. And I believe with all my heart that God wants us all to be a part of this. So, hey, I got a new idea. Why don't we all join hands in this church in the faith across our city? All the people that are a part of this church, reach out and join hands with the people there in the room with you. And act like you're reaching to your neighbor, to your friend, to your saint member that comes here. And we're reaching all the way across this city. And we're saying together, we're all going to step out on the water. And we're going to walk to Jesus as a church. And we're going to let Him direct our path and direct our hearts. And give us what we have need of in this hour. Come on, we need some water walkers. Will you be one? Will you be a water walker? Will you be the exception? Will you not be the leaven? Will you be the exception? Will you let him do something for you, Sarah? Will you let him do something for you, Moses? Will you let him do something for you, Joshua? Will you let him do something for you, Elijah? Will you let God be the God he wants to be in your life? Bow your heads, lift your hands in your home, and let me bless you. Dear Father, I love these people. I love them with a love that is, could only come from you because it's overwhelming. It overwhelms me how much I love them. It overwhelms me how much my family loves being in this house. It overwhelms me to know that I have daughters and sons-in-laws and grandkids that have adopted this place as their second home because of the love that we have for your house and for your people. Thank you for that today. Thank you for that tonight. 
We honor these people. Lord, I ask you to bless every one of them. I think everybody in this house is exceptional. But Lord, let them see in the middle of this who's walking toward us and let them take the exception clause and say, you know what? I'm not going to let what happens to people out there determine what happens to me. I'm going to walk in the favor and the grace and the goodness of God on the choppy water and on the windy night. And Jesus is going to be there for me. And I'm going to hold on to Him and be what He wants me to be. Now bless us. Bring us back Sunday on a beautiful day. And God, if people are not out of town, let this be the option. First option that they have is to be in the house of God. We love them. We'll take care of them. And we'll bless them on Sunday. Lord, I bless you. In Jesus' name, thank you for today. And thank you for this night. In the name of the Lord. And everybody said amen. God bless. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We love you from the bottom of our heart. Have a great, great evening, and we'll see you Sunday right here in the house of God. Be blessed. Water Walker, be blessed.